Um, I have been in Australia about 10 years now. I was living in Perth, and as part of YWAM, what we do is we do a course called the Discipleship Training School. And it's three months of lectures, and then we go on outreach, and we apply everything we learned. And the reason I'm sharing about this is actually part of my outreach was to come to the Kimberley and come to Broome. And so about 10 years ago, I actually got to spend my birthday at Victory Life Church. And um, we were living here, so I've slept in many places here over the years. Thank you for your hospitality. We showered next door. It was lovely. Um, and on my birthday, we were part of a prayer meeting because it was a Sunday. And I asked God, like uh, in my time with God in the morning, he asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, I want like a picture from you, Lord. I want something really vibrant and real. And so I was actually sitting on this stage during a prayer time with the church, and God gave me that gift as for my birthday. And it was just beautiful and wonderful. And I have a very soft place in my heart for Victory Life Church and Broom as a whole. Um, <laughs> and um, part of the reason I'm so happy to be here is because of that time on my discipleship training school. So, um, yes, Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, is an international organization, uh, but it's been in Western Australia since 1985, and it's been in Broome since September of 2020. So we are still fresh. Um, we have about seven members, soon to be eight, because Rachel is about to give birth any day now. Pray for her. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we are here because that's what God has spoken and we are here with the purpose to engage and empower the people of the Kimberley to fulfill the calling God's put on their life. And that includes you guys. So when I was talking with Pastor Peter about how we can support the church, he threw out the idea randomly of maybe you guys can come in on a Sunday and we can give the service over to you. And I was like, great, that sounds wonderful. And then a week or so later, he was like, okay, so what about this specific date? I was like, oh, so it's really happening then. And so he said, yes. And so I was very excited for this opportunity. And uh, our team spent some time praying and seeking the Lord in general for what word might be right. And uh, the funny thing was God spoke what to talk about before, oh, before the opportunity came to share here. And so, yes, I'm going to pray and then I'll dive right in. So, yes, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share at Victory Life Church. And just let my words be your words. Um, I pray that, yeah, you just really prepare our hearts for the fullness of what you want to share, what you want to speak, how you want to encourage your children here and empower them in what you've given them in their lives. And so, yeah, Lord, we just dedicate this time as an act of worship to you, Lord. Amen. So it's actually really cool that the high school youth group talked about purpose because that is the big portion of what I felt God was speaking about. But before I jump, jump into that, I want to put to you the suggestion that identity and calling are incredibly intertwined. You can't separate them. We all have an identity in Christ and we have a calling, a purpose that he entrusts us with. And that is part of who God, that is who God has made us to be. In Genesis, I've got to turn this on. 
Yeah, there you go. Genesis 2-7. It says, uh, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And so we are filled with the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God gives us our identity as a son, as a daughter of God. And then it gives us a purpose as well. And he doesn't just say, okay, I've made you. Have fun with life. But he instills in you something to do. And I'm not talking about a job that you go, but something that is your purpose, that is your bit. Um, part of it is there's things in our life that as Christ followers, we are all called to. So one of that, big portion of that is the Great Commission. Um, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is our promise as anyone who chooses to follow God. It's, but the, he's with us is for everybody, not just Christians. He's always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But it's part of, we are all called to the Great Commission. We are all called, but what that looks like person to person is different. And in this, I want to talk to you also about our faith, our identity is living and active, and we need to be acting on those things. And so part of that is, um, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead with, without works. So we need to be acting on what God gives us, not just sitting back. God still loves you if you sit on your bum for the rest of your life. His love never changes, but he has more for you than that. He has purpose for you, and he wants to bring you into that. So our identity as a child of God that are, is his image bearer and our calling, which is, I'm going to put to you the definition of our specific part of kingdom, the kingdom of God that he invites us to bring here on earth. That's your calling. That's your purpose. But that means every single person in this room's bit is different. And that's beautiful and wonderful and can only come from a creative God. And, that, and because these are two things from God, they are sacred. And so, guys, there is no separation of sacred and secular because we are made in the image of God and because he gives us purpose and calling, everything is sacred. Everything is for the Lord. And so I'm going to specifically now focus in on the calling, on your purpose. Um, this doesn't mean, as I like kind of said, something that you get paid for or even like your nine to five job or something you earn money for. But it's your purpose. It's what you do in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and every person has their area of influence in their life. And that is what God has called us to be the salt and the light and his presence on this earth for, is that area of influence that he gives to you. And just like in the, like when Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done we get to invite kingdom here on earth. And we get to see heaven come in our area of influence, in the little bit of heaven that you get to bring here on earth. 
And so my challenge today, before I go into the deep, deep of everything, is that you would see your calling or your purpose through God's eyes and the potential of how he wants to use you in the environment he has placed you in. So this, guys, I don't want you leaving feeling like, oh, I should have done better, or I could have done this differently, or da-da-da-da-da, the negative patterns we generally take ourselves down. But I felt like God was saying he wants to encourage you in what he has already put in you and where he has already placed you. And so God sends us to work. He takes us to work. He's excited for what we do. And when I say work, I don't mean your nine-to-five job. I'm saying whatever the purpose he's given you. The reality is he's already there, and he's like, come on, let's go. I'm excited for what I have for you today. I'm excited for this person or this person that you're going to run into at the shops or at your workplace or at this job number. And he loves to partner with us. He loves that, that promise of what you and him can do together. So there's four things that God does with us in our area of influence. The first one is what I kind of already hit on is we get to partner with him in that place. We are, yes, uh, we're called to be servants of the Lord, but ultimately we are his sons and daughters. And when you are someone's son or someone's daughter, you have the inheritance of the kingdom. And so we get to have that inheritance. So it's this partnership, this really tight partnership that we have where we get to do the family business. And the family business is bringing heaven to earth in every aspect of our lives. And that's the kingdom of God. And because everything belongs to the Lord, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, there is no separation between my industry and my ministry. They are the same thing. And so no separation between sacred and secular. Our work or area of influence is where God calls purpose out of us that God has already put in us. In scripture, it talks about how he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew what he would make you passionate about, what he would make you excited about, what would bring you life and life abundantly. So in us doing things and partnering with the Lord, we get opportunities to see that come out. It doesn't mean we don't have to do things that we don't like, like the dishes. That is my least favorite thing, as you can talk to anyone that lives with me. But there's things in our life that are going to bring more life, that are going to make us excited, that are, no matter how hard we go, we seem to just keep having more to give because that's the God-given purpose in our lives. And in our, in, our, in our partnership with God, he also brings spiritual formation. He grows you. He strengthens you. He disciples you in his ways. And it's beautiful to see that. And where we live out these things is where we actually get an opportunity to fulfill the commands he's given us. So such as the Great Commission. Um, loving your neighbor as yourself. As I'm sure all of you can flood to mind different situations where it was really hard to love your neighbor or even loving your enemy, but you get the opportunity to practice what Jesus teaches us. And they are not a place of his absence, but they're a place of his presence. 
I was a teacher for five years before I came and did missions. And I can tell you, I didn't always practice this very well. I kind of saw my job as, well, not nine to five, but like seven to four. Um, and I think it was probably about my second year of teaching um, that I felt like in my walk with God, he was really challenging me that even if I can't, because it was a public school, speak out his name freely, I can embody who he is. I can show who he is in the way I care for my coworker, in the way I love them, in the way I choose to pray for them in my own time. And so the, we have an opportunity to partner with him in the way we live so that our workplace or our day-to-day -day life or our comings and our goings are a place where it's clear he is present. Um, God is the one that gives us the ability to do work and purpose and calling well. Uh, if you look at Exodus 31, 1 to 5, um, this is, I'll leave it up here so you can read it, but this is actually the first time the Spirit of the Lord inhabits a person and is with a person. And it's actually in the workplace, and they're building the tabernacle. And so a bunch of artists and craftsmen and handyman get to partner with God to do what he's calling them to do. And there's so much. If you keep reading as the details of the tabernacle come into play, you actually get to see how creative God is and how he uses our individual creativity. It's beautiful. And so everything is it's holy unto the Lord. And we need to remember that as we go. And it's not, I don't want you to feel this pressure of I can't mess up because that's the grace of God in our lives. But God cares about every aspect of your life. In Romans 12, it talks about how we are a living sacrifice. We are everything is a spirit-filled act of worship. No matter what your calling is, what your purpose is, what your area of influence is. Uh, the second point is we are dreamers with God. So yes, we partner with him, but he also has given us incredible creativity and freedom. God is not controlling but he loves to release us into the things that he's called us to and partner, us, partner with us in that place and let us be creative. If you think about Genesis and Adam, right? There was only one thing God said not to do. Everything else was free. And it was beautiful. And I believe, like, if you look at where it talks about how God uh, brings all the animals to Adam... He got to name them. God wasn't saying, hey, you need to name this an aardvark. No, that was Adam's or whatever language that was. He got to create those names. That was the creativity that God put in Adam to come up with the names of all these animals. That's the ingenuity that God gives each and every one of us. Now, you may be like myself where you say, uh, art and creativity, not really my thing. Um, I'll let other people do that. But creative problem solving comes from the Lord. New ideas, new innovations. When you are working on a project and everyone else is like, I don't know how to move forward, and then all of a sudden you have that moment that comes in and you have the solution, God gave you that creativity to find that solution, and he inspires us with his spirit to move forward. That is the creativity that comes from the Lord and what he wants to do in our lives. 
And all of our creativity is all of him in all of me. And we want to see the fullness of who God's made us to be in that. And so it's an overflow of that. And I also want to let you know that in Genesis 3, that's the first time work got hard. When sin entered the world, that's when work got hard. And so this thing of, of um, where we hate the idea of school or work or things like that, it's the enemy trying to rob away the joy that the Lord wants to bring you. And so I have been challenged in myself. Um, I, I lead out the YWAM work here. I need to lead out in not having a spirit of complaint. And if I'm whinging and whining, I need them to remind me, hey, Heather, that's not okay. Um, but also God does that in my day-to-day life. Is It's a joy to do whatever God's called me to. doesn't mean there's not hard situations that I can't process with the Lord or who leads me and press in and pray. But we want to model the spirit of God. We want to model the kingdom of God in that. And it is our... We, it is our honor to represent the character of God in every area that is in our influence. And it's hard, but that's what the light and the salt do. And that's why it's so important, guys, that you have your fellowship of believers to come together and love and care and support you in that place. Because we are called to, get, yes, give our burdens to the Lord. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. But we can shoulder each other burden together and pray for one another. I'm going to invite Carol up to share a little testimony of how she has done some of these things. Uh, hi. Um, my funny accent, in case somebody wants to figure out, is Scottish. Um, I've had the Macca's joke by Pastor Peter. About, he really told me that one about the Scottish food. Um, anyway, the, what I wanted to share is how you can actually influence, be an influence, a positive influence in the place you are. Uh, a few years ago, um, I was working and it was lunchtime, so I went into the, the staff room. And as I was in the staff room, uh, there was a big debate going on, a uh, heated debate. Um, and the debate was a moral dilemma that people had. Because what had happened, one of the ladies um, had... Uh, next door to the way I was working, they were doing a lot of building work. And so she had friends who were the builders, some of the, the people who worked there. And so she had taken some of the things for her garden, some pavements and different things uh, the night before. And so she was encouraging other people to do this. But they were having a bit of a, not sure this is right. And uh, so I wasn't part of the discussion, first of all. But what happened was, in the middle of it, uh, one of the ladies suddenly went, Carol, you're a Christian. What do you think? And I quickly did a quick, very prayer to God. Jesus, help me. Um, I need your wisdom to know what to say. And as I said, that God gave me the idea what to say. And so I went to this lady, who, and I said, so you're saying this is fine, this is okay for us to take things. And she said, yeah, sure, it's fine. We can just go and get it. It's no problem. And so I said, okay, let's go now. Uh, I said, you know, it's lunchtime. This, let's just all go now and get the things. 
And uh, so she went, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't go now. We have to wait till later. We have to wait till it's dark. We have to wait till things are closed. And we just take, get a little few things when people don't see it. And so I then said, so I went, oh, so we can't do it in front of witnesses. And we can't do it in the light. And, and so I then turned to the girl who she was trying, who she was really trying to persuade to do it. I said, just think about what she's asking you to do. And think about what it is. And I said, you know, if, if what she's doing is not right, I said, you, it, it will going to not only affect you, but you're going to like, lose your job, lose your reputation. It's going to affect your family. You might get involved in the police. Lots of things could happen if this is found out. And so suddenly all the people in the room suddenly went, okay, we're not going to do this. We're no, we're not, this is not right. We're not going to do it. I hadn't said it was wrong. They came to that conclusion. This is not right. And I just wanted to share that that's an influence you can have on people. Thanks, Carol. And so this brings me into my next point is we cultivate with God. And so wherever your area of influence is, you have the opportunity to bring biblical kingdom principles in that place, whether it's through modeling them and not even saying a word, but whether it's through actually engaging in moral dilemmas or conversations or heated debates, um, because those do come up. And so we get to be a people who work things out with God in that place. She just sent up a quick little prayer, God, help me, give me your words in this moment. And he gave her the creative way of not bringing condemnation to this woman and not shaming her publicly, but actually having her think through the implications and others through the implications of choices and coming to their own conclusions. And so when we do these things, when we become people who represent biblical kingdom principles, when we uh, share our faiths and our beliefs, whether it's through action or word, we get an opportunity to see a shift in the environment. We become a people who can bring honor and respect and lift people up when they're feeling down. And we can be a light and a salt in that place. And, and guys, ultimately, God wants to change every individual from the inside out. And so you might not always see the fruit instantly of, of you walking in this way for years, but maybe down the road, this person's actually going to like share with you the difference in the change that's happened. And I've had students that, because I was a high school teacher, I had students that at the end of my five years of teaching, ones that I had my first and second year of teaching, came to me and talked about how much I impacted them and what they want to do with their lives now. And it wasn't necessarily everything I taught in the classroom, because when you teach multiplication or division or, you know, how do, what's a verb in a sentence, it's not those things, but it's how you carry yourself, how you, how you point people to Jesus through your actions. And so we get the opportunity to do that. We get an opportunity to cultivate with the Lord in our place of influence. And so I'm going to ask Jacob to come up and share a little testimony as well. Uh, good day, everyone. Uh, yep, I'm Jacob, and I'm part of the YWAM Broom team. And uh, just wanted to share a quick story about what I used to do before I came to join these guys. So uh, before I did my YOM thing, 
I was actually a fabricator welder doing an apprenticeship. So I did that for four years and uh, went to the same place day after day for yeah, about four years. And then one day during my second or third year into the apprenticeship, uh, I was chatting with the receptionist at the front desk and we were just having a chat about what was going on, just talking about life, what we did on the weekend. And then she tells me that she had an injury in her knee. And then immediately, God said to me, pray for her knee. And I was like, in my mind, yeah, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so we just kept chatting. But then I went back to my work on the workshop floor. And that had stayed with me because I knew that it was God who told me to do that. So I was just like trying to do my work but very distracted because I'm like, God told me to do this. Okay. God told me to do this. I need to do this. So I went back into the office and said, hey, uh, this, can I pray for your knee? Now, I was expecting her to say, no, go away. Don't offer prayer. But she was like, yeah, pray for me. That would be great. So I put my hand on her kneecap and then uh, close my eyes, pray. And then I look at her as I'm praying something, like open my eyes, and then she's full on closing her eyes and joining me in that. And I'm just like, I did not expect this. So I pray for healing, and then I go back to work. And uh, I didn't know what happened of that knee, if she was healed or God did something, but I just did my, tried to obey God as best I could. So, yeah, that's my quick story on... Thanks, Jacob. And so this leads into my, my last point of we are storytellers for God. And so whether that is obeying the prompting of the Lord to pray for somebody, whether it's sharing a testimony of something in your life that has happened and how you overcame a difficulty, um, where maybe even you're feeling the Lord prompting you to give a prophetic word or a word of knowledge in your area of influence. And it's all about listening to God and obeying and, and covering these people that you get to interact with in prayer, in, you know, just asking God, you know, how can I be fighting for this coworker? How can I be standing with this person I met at the shop? Um, you know, we all have to do our grocery shopping regularly, right? So how can I be a light to the guy I see at the, check at the checkout, self-checkout every single week? And how can I just show him the character of God? But if I need to how can I encourage him and speak out God's encouragement to that guy? And so we get to be the ones who are writing the story of God through what we do. We get to do that, guys. And we get to be his hands and feet. And so we all have these areas of influence. And so I want to just talk a little bit about the seven spheres of society or the seven mountains of influence um, which is something Pastor Peter and I have talked about. But guys, these are kind of a simpler way to break down our world and look at what actually is the area or the sphere that I am functioning in so that I can look at how I can bring change to that and model the character of God in that place. And so it's incredible, guys, that... This isn't just a YWAM thing or a victory life thing. It's something that there's books written about and there's different people from different denominations that had the same revelation at about the same time. That can only be from God. And so we have here, uh, we'll start off with 
um, economics or economics, depending where you're from. Um, and so that's business, technology, science, the healthcare workers, whether it's physical or mental health. And so when you are entering that, whether you are a consumer or someone providing the service, you have the opportunity to bring influence into that place. Family. Okay, we have our knowledge of family, whether it's our church family or our biological family, husbands, wives, kids, extended family. We can even look at family services, which overlaps with a different sphere. Okay, and so when we get to bring influence, guys, and this is the sphere of influence that affects people from the youngest age. And so I want to encourage you, if you're mom, dad, nan, or pop, or aunties and uncles, you have an incredible ability to influence the next generation and model the character of God to the next generation. Because the promise is that if you teach a child the ways of God, it will not depart from them. Um, next, we'll look at government. I know I'm hopping around. I didn't go in the circle. So that's like when we look at the different branches of government, how things work, um, the justice system, local, state, federal, any kind of government service falls into this. Uh, religion. So we can look at all the different religions, but we can also look at our body of believers. There's the local and then there's the mobile. And so I kind of, when I do a bit more teaching on the spheres of society or the domains of authority, which is a whole other thing I won't go into, sorry for bringing it up, um, it's like the local is the body, God's the head, local is the body, and then the mobile is the arms and legs, and we're supposed to be working together. Um, education, teachers, teaching assistants, students. Uh, and then also like all of the admin structure of the education system. And that can be in public, in private, in homeschool. You have the ability to bring influence in this area, even as the parent coming in to that education system. And guys, I can tell you, as a former teacher, my students have influence in that classroom, whether it's good which is always what we hope for, or whether it's bad. But if a kid is walking in a way that glorifies and honors God, it is so clear. And so it's incredibly powerful in those moments or in those long periods of time. Uh, communication. We can look at, me so up here it says media. So communication, radio, television, movies, anything that is sharing a message along those lines. And now what you look at with social media Ooh, this is huge, and it's such a huge area of influence. And we, like, we have our, our physical world, but now we have this whole other digital world, guys, that is so influential. And so what is, what is your sphere of influence in that place? And then celebration. So that's not just, ooh, let's have fun, let's go for picnics, let's have weddings, let's have parties. No, that's the arts. How can the arts be used for the kingdom of God? Sports. You being a good sportsman when you play with your mates or when you're on a team is incredibly powerful. If you don't lose your cool, that represents something so powerful. Or if someone gets injured and you offer to pray for them, oh man, that's incredible. Hospitality. Your cafe workers, your restaurant people. Um, having people over to your home. That's hospitality. 
And then we have ceremonies and weddings and things along those lines. And so we need to see all these callings the way God does, as essential to seeing his kingdom coming and his will being done. So here we see this, these different things, but I wanted to pull out the characteristics of God that these spheres of influence really model. So celebration, peace, joy, beauty. God didn't have to make thousands of different types of flowers, but he did for our enjoyment. Education, he's all-knowing. He values the individual. He is wise. Family, he has a perfect love. He is the comforter. He is the father. Economic, oh, sorry, economics, he's the provider. He is a creator. He is life giver. And so that creator is the creativity of like in, new innovations coming up in that area of technology and healthcare. Government, he's always just. He's the defender of the weak. Uh, communication, he's personal. He communicates. He listens to us. And then religion, he's mercy, he's forgiveness, and so much more. And so these are just little glimpses. But God cares about all of our areas or our spheres of influence, and he wants to do so much. He's call, the calling, the purpose he has given you has incredible value and purpose. It's not a throwaway thing. And so the idea of I'm just, you know, the rubbish guy. No, that's incredibly important to the entirety of our society. And so we need to look at everything we do with value and purpose. We need Christ followers in every sphere of influence to see the world change for the kingdom of God. If every Christ follower was just in the sphere of religion, we would never see things change. We would all be in our little bubble doing our own little thing. But God wants to do so much more. And I want to even, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. And so, guys, this is just a resource. Um, there's the Source View Bible, which breaks down the Bible into, like, speaking parts. And so there's an app that YWAM has put out where it does that. But within that, um, and that's free, by the way. The Sphere View Bible, um, I believe, does have a cost to it, but I think you get the 52 key passages for free. So say if you're in the sphere of education or the sphere of uh, one of the art celebrations, art, hospitality, there's 52 key verses for each sphere that will bring encouragement and knowledge and more information so you can really see how important and what purpose God has for you in those places. And it's incredible. I've read through the Bible uh, for the sphere of communication because I felt like God was really challenging me in that. And it took me a long time. And, but I learned so much about how much God wants to talk to us, how much he wants to impart on us. And so this is a way to get that easily. You can click a button and then it'll show you every time there's the sphere of communication or education, or family, or government, or whatever one you really want to learn about. And so here we have the spheres. Um, and so I just am going to, we're going to go into a time of, of applying this. And um, you guys might call it an altar call. I call it application because of my teaching background. Um, but it's this opportunity of, I am feeling like God wants to anoint me for my sphere. 
I feel like God wants to give me renewed passion in this area of influence in my life. Because I know that we um, ordain and commission missionaries and pastors and elders and all these. But what we, I want to put forth the idea that maybe we should be uh, commissioning our carpenters. Maybe we should be commissioning our cafe workers. Maybe we should be commissioning our teachers, our moms, our dads, all of these ones, uh, any politician, you know? What if we had people that saw theirs as a divine, their job, their nine to five, their day-to-day life, their home life, as a divine calling from God where he wants to use them for an incredible purpose? Oh man, that would be so powerful. Because we want to do everything for the glory of God. And then if we see others around us supporting us because they're in the sphere of education or they're in the sphere of family or media or government and we come together and we support each other in that place, God wants to use that to bring creativity and new ideas and support of the burdens. And so I guess I'll call the worship team up. Yeah. And then during that time, if you want prayer for your specific sphere, um, Please come up and I'll hand it to you. I just wanted to share, that's just excellent, Heather. And again, um, there's an understanding here that I, for, for me that really resonates um, in these areas. And because uh, the Lord did something with me in regard to um, the spheres of influence, uh, whilst there I was, you know, full on ministry, and the Lord called me into the business world for a season, you know, into economics. And I kind of didn't really know too much at the time, so I was in it for a couple of years and uh, experiencing this shift from being in ministry to being in the business world and not really knowing except that I felt the Lord had called me to go and do that. And, um, you know, and I found myself starting to bless ministries. I found myself starting to use that influence uh, in Bible colleges and just using all the information I'd, I'd, I'd gathered as my time in, in that area. And the Lord used me in that. But uh, again, the real, the real breakthrough in my understanding came when I was with Pastor Margaret one day, and she said, I think you should listen to this. And it was a tape by a guy who was teaching on the seven mountains or the seven spheres of influence. And honestly, it just set me free. I cried. I cried like a baby, you know, because it was just such a sweet revelation to me that God calls and God's callings come at different times and different seasons. And whatever you do, don't get stuck in a rut. Don't get stuck thinking that God's got you where you are and he can't, with a calling take you into another area where you are called to be a person of influence and, uh, and do your little bit. Amen. So, so again, um, I, I, we're just going to worship. And again, I'm going to really invite you to come on up. And if you'd like prayer, if you're just not sure, if you're just like those that have maybe an understanding in that area, to just lay hands on you and pray for you in your workplace. Uh, we used to call it ministry in the market. But Atea is so much more than just ministry in the marketplace. Amen. So I just encourage you as we sing and as we worship, just uh, come on down. Uh, again, if you're here this morning and you've, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, please come and speak to me after, after the service. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe give you a little bit of information, material, but if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, please come on down. I know the Lord wants to, wants to come into a relationship with you and that's very important. It'll change your life forever. Amen? Amen.